0: Time to go beyond the locker room talk and listen in with me, GB, Producer Jay, former patients and current friends of our own Cornell-trained, world-renowned urologist and surgeon, Dr. Michael Hyman. Let's talk about the issues on men's minds where no topic's out of bounds on another sit-down with two men and a doc. Hey, welcome to the show, JT. How are you?
1: I'm good, GB. It's good to see you.
0: Good to be seen.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, Doc, how are
2: you? I'm feeling good. We're still uh, social distancing here in the backyard, so our I guess st- folks it, might hear a little bit of this is basically our studio now. And yeah, I like outdoor, it. We got an outdoor studio. <laughs> right. Might get some wind gusts and occasional airplane noise and a wind chime. I
1: disabled the wind chime this week. I got, oh, okay. I, I got smart. Yeah. Okay.
2: Know. Good. 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 Um, yeah, I think we we all three decided that we're going to try to move on and get into other stuff than our usual, uh, COVID coronavirus discussion. I just thought I would leave it with this following thought. And that is that one thing that's really, um, come home for me in terms of my thinking of this is we really have to start, um, Breaking this down by our communities. And what I mean by communities is I'm not talking about like if your, you know, Aunt Edna's uh, brother in law was diagnosed with COVID. I'm talking about like if friends or friends of friends, like your circle, uh, the circles of your life and then and the next circle and the next circle, however you want to kind of think about that. Not geographically. No, um, not geographically. And, um, and same with your kids, your kids circles and their, and the circles around their friends, et cetera. Um, and you know, when I think about it in this context, um, and certainly as a professional, like my, my hospitals, the three hospitals I go to, I mean, they literally have like almost no admissions, right? Very, very few admissions of, of COVID patients, very rare admissions. Um, it's really, I think it is, uh, you know. It's controversial for me to say this, but I'm going to say it that, you know, in our community, which is the, you know, Eastern San Fernando Valley, but really the, I think it's really the entire San Fernando Valley. Um, it's, it's really uh, something that, yes, I think we still have to be responsible when we are sitting in, if we are going to go to a restaurant, try to, if you can sit outside. If Hold
0: on. You know what this sounds to me? Are you planning a vacation? <laughs> That's what
2: this sounds like to me. No, but I'll tell you, I, I was thinking about my kids. And I was thinking about my daughter, for example, who's 20. And I was trying to decide, like she was talking about maybe going on like a like a road trip with a friend. And I'm ready to let her start doing those things, you know. Granted, she's 20, so she can do whatever she wants. But she generally complies with what we feel. And I think it's, I think that, you know, it's time to start thinking about those things. First of all, she's young. She's at low risk anyway. Um,
0: and you wouldn't have her sequester for two weeks afterward.
2: I mean, when she came home, that's a good question. Um, because Ashley was
0: invited on a trip to Hawaii in the pl- in July. Mm-hmm. And the plan is to, for her to sequester afterwards. But Hawaii, you, you have to quarantine when you get there, right? Not beginning in July.
2: Oh, they... It they, ends. Is it ends. that what they're saying? Okay. okay. Yeah. Well... I don't know. I mean, the other thing is that the, the testing... Um, we do this testing at our surgery center. It's PCR, which is like... Uh, it's PCR... With PCR is polymerase chain reaction, which is... It amplifies viral DNA, Um and so if there's even just one virus in your nasal passages, it'll amplify the DNA and detect it. So it's becoming even more exquisitely sensitive. We need it, to amplify our listenership. Yeah. <laughs> and PCR our listenership.
1: If it's that minor, do they know if you're shedding?
2: Uh, do they know if you're shedding?
1: Like if you are if you could. they basically pass
2: it on. no it, it they the per the point of my saying that is that you usually can determine if you have COVID well before you're going to have symptoms. Got it. And maybe well before you would start, like, you know, silently transmiss- transmitting uh-huh. it. So, you know, like and when Ashley comes home, you could have her get COVID tested. The problem is
0: being sequestered. We all think we have COVID. We, we feel, uh, you know, uh, and a tickle in our throat. We right. feel like, oh, is, is that a fever? Oh, was that a COVID cause?
2: And yet I would challenge you. Do how many people in your own immediate community do you know zero. who's been di- exactly Please. zero. And you know what the and good that, news and is? That's, and that's your point. That's you know my what the point. good news is? My daughter's university
0: is having everybody come back to the dorms. Yeah. In August. Great news.
1: Yeah, and the public schools are, are announcing we got an email from our kids' school, August nineteenth. They're they're back and they're yeah. they're gonna have lots of um, other precautions that they're gonna announce later, but that their plan is to do it, and they're going to do it in a measured and and cautious way. But.
2: So that's basically just my my parting point is that I think it is, it's it's a risk tolerance. It's a risk tolerance. Yes. Yeah. How much are how and and everybody's different. It's very personal decision. Some people will be listening to this and they're shaking their head like, no way. I am still you know, staying in my house. I am not going out for any reason people have to deliver the groceries to me. They're still in that mindset, and that's all the power to you, and I do not judge for that. I think no. it's a very personal decision. I think what's interesting, if you
1: if you are super risk-tolerant, think to yourself what you used to do, and how much less you're doing now. Even the person that's going doing a little bit more, to your point, mm-hmm. it's still so much less than the exposure that we used to have. The offices that we would be in, the restaurants we would be in, yeah. the, the concerts we went to. So even if you let yourself you know, go out into the world a little bit more, um, and you might feel. My point is, you might feel like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. This I'm going to the Target. That's uh, I shouldn't be doing this." Just think about all the things you used to do and how you you're still not doing that. And so, totally.
2: you're, it's a measured approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I thought I would jump from there to. Um, we are now in this uh, in, in in a in a new crisis, I suppose, with our, um, country and, uh, the movement about, uh, reforming police, black lives matter, Matter, et cetera. And we're seeing these protests. Um, so I got a call, um, I think it was Wednesday night, um, at about seven o'clock from the emergency room. And they said, Oh, you know, we just want to give you a heads up. We got a, um, a gentleman who came in here, he's 27 years old, says he got um, shot with a rubber bullet. Hmm. Where? Where was he shot, or anatomically, where was he shot? You mean where was he anatomically, located? Anatomically, <laughs> where was he shot? <laughs> well, that's a good question, GB. That's a very good question. But but now that you ask, where was he shot? He was He was in Hollywood. Hollywood. And he said they were just trying to divide up the protesters. He was kind of shocked that... He, he, he doesn't even he even wonders if it was an accident um, but in any event he definitely felt heard this pop and he felt this terrible pain in his testicle and, and let oh. me let me say whoa because Did I he, didn't
1: Whoa. I didn't know this until I saw it. For those of you that haven't seen a picture of what a I've rubber never, bullet looks like. I've never like, seen what it looks like. It is. Even to this day. It's a cylinder. It is far bigger than you think. It is not a, a BB gun. It
0: looks like, you guys can't see this, but this is about yeah. an inch and a half right. to maybe an uh, an inch in diameter. Wow. You, and they're black. Big? They're
1: big. You know what I'll compare it to? Um, a small thing of whiteout that that's something people that's what that looks yeah. like what he's right. yeah. holding
0: up. Right. So, I so, saw some pictures where somebody got hit in right in the forehead and what it did it was a laceration and you could see that the skin was broken in a circle. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's about
1: the size of those little bottles of whiteout and its foam and it and it, you can squeeze it, you know, a bit like almost like a Nerf um but just so people understand what you're talking about. So, okay. Go ahead. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but but
0: he got hit in the testicle, boy. Did he must have like keeled over?
2: Yeah, he was in a tremendous amount of pain. Did
0: did he did he get brought in via ambulance?
2: No, um, a friend of his brought him initially to because uh, he just had some uh, bruising and swelling. Uh, sorry, I have to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. No COVID in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little misty yeah. yeah let's get the test um anyway so he um By was first way, brought to you an urgent care. to sneeze into your crook of your arm you, yeah, you into were. your hand i was i was distracted because i had this microphone and maybe i, I should have you know just because i can
1: edit the sneeze out here doesn't mean i can edit it
2: out everywhere <laughs> 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 it still is here in the air there you go it's in the ether <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, he uh, went to an urgent care. They immediately um, sent him over to the hospital, and um, he had to get some morphine. He was in a, quite a bit of pain. Mor-
0: morphine? Yeah. He must have been in a lot of pain.
2: Have you ever tried morphine? I actually have had morphine because I passed a kidney stone when I was in, uh, when I, was, I think I was still a medical student. Have you had morphine, Jay? No. 'Cause somebody was I was talking to somebody
0: and they took like a a uh just a a, a drip of the morphine and they just said how it numbed everything.
2: I mean I, I don't it was like know a little drop you know it's one thing to get morphine when you're in excruciating pain, like yeah. like I'm talking about, like my kidney stone and like this gentleman. Yeah. I think it's a different thing altogether if you're getting morphine and you're not in like severe pain. Mm. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. Because Then it becomes more of a, frankly, a mental, psychological experience. Whereas when you're in excruciating pain and and you get the morphine, it just kind of almost normalizes it. it. I mean, in other words, you you don't really feel the pain after that. And I mean, truth be told, when when I went and met this patient... He was talking to me rationally and normally. And and I said, like, how are you feeling? He goes, oh, I definitely feel a lot better since I got the morphine. Like, that's how he was talking. It wasn't like, whoa, I feel great. Like, no.
0: Well, let's get back to his testicles. So what what exactly happened?
2: So his test, his scrotum was very swollen and bruised. And there was an area, kind of like what you're talking about, that looked like it was a, it it wasn't a laceration. It was really almost like a an abrasion, the skin was kind of exfoliated in that spot that it struck. So it looked like, you know, somebody had uh, almost like a burn. And, um,
1: and what are your concerns for someone that has that type of, uh, you know, impact? Blood
2: trauma. Absolutely. It's blunt trauma. Right. That's what it
1: is. And, and you're looking for anything from It's like from no a different a than like if you
2: got hit with a baseball bat. Right. Okay. So um, I immediately instructed them to order uh, an ultrasound. Um, because ultrasound, people might say, like, why not like a CAT scan or ultrasound is it's quick. It's right there. It's quick. It's right there. And the other thing is that ultrasound, um, f- for a whole bunch of reasons, in some respects, can do a better job at imaging sometimes than even like a CAT scan. Because it you own, can move things around. You It's, it's dynamic. Right. So you can like on a CAT scan you, or an MRI, you just go through the sh- machine. It shows you what it shows you. But with the ultrasound... Um, with the ultrasound, you can move the probe, like you said, and let's say you're like, oh, well, what about this spot? Or if I can get around to that spot, um, I could potentially, um, you know, redirect or reobserve a different part of the testicle that I wouldn't have normally been able to see. Um, the other reason with ultrasound is so useful in this case of looking at testicles is because. Where are the testicles? They're on the outside. It's it's a very short distance for the sound waves to penetrate and give you a really clear image. Oh, so you can, see, so yeah, you can yeah. see a lot of detail. Right, A lot of detail that you can't see when you ultrasound other organs. Um, so anyways, uh, if I it would have been kind of interesting for me to show you guys these images because you do not have to be a doctor to appreciate these images. When you look at the ultrasound images, there's one real kind of money shot where they... In the same image, they've got a picture of the left testicle and the right testicle. And the left testicle, which also by the way, suffered some damage that I'll talk about. But the left testicle I, is is essentially intact and it's like you see. I've never this, heard the right testicle referred to as a money shot. Yeah, this is a money shot. It's usually both. <laughs> the left testicle, you just see this nice, perfectly round, it's it's like there's a white line. That goes around a grayer. It's not an oval. It's round. Subs- it is oval. It's 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 um, oblong. Oblong, and um, like an egg almost. Yeah, and the outer rim is white on the ultrasound, and then inside is kind of like a a grayish. Um, yeah, that's and and that's the grayish. You can actually see a little bit of what are called the seminiferous tubules. Which are the little tiny tubules. They almost look like like really fine noodles in when you're really looking at Mm. them up, you know, in in Did those those get damaged? I'm gonna tell you in a second. You and that's where your sperm are actually formed, is inside those little seminiferous tubules. Uh oh. And this this guy's in trouble. On the left one (laughs) on the left testicle, which was the one that was like ninety percent intact, you could see a small little breach. Or like a skip, the white line went around, and then all of a sudden it stopped, and you could see something pushing out of where the white line was Did you do the are.
0: ultrasound or did the nurse? The the radiologist. The radiologist. The radiologist. Oh, radiologist a radiologist did. does the ultrasound.
2: I do them in my office, but in this, in this setting, in a trauma like this, I would absolutely prefer the radiologist. So a
0: radiologist do. doesn't just read x-rays and Correct. CAT scans. Correct. The radiol- radiologist also does... The ultrasound, ultrasound, absolutely.
2: Interesting. So you could see a little skip. That white line was going around, and then at the lower pole of the testicle. Ma- male just- or female? Radiologist. In this case, <laughs> I don't know. It's curious. Okay. There's a skip, and I wish everybody could see the J, the, the JT shake, the the shaking of the head, like ah yeah yeah. We're but about anyways. to find
1: out about the skip, and the question is the sex of the radiologist. <laughs> well, what about what he had for lunch that day? Was well, that, well, that you curious it, about it that? It could have been Turkey? a really
0: unlucky day, or maybe it sort of
2: chief going now, down that path yeah. like and, and and what happened like if it was a female did you get an erection right there's
1: always a joke it's just about 2 miles away and then you take a left <laughs> and it's inside a building that looks so, abandoned <laughs> so there's a skip so there's i'm a guessing this skip, is, and, and
0: then you could see whole there, there's a little a, bit of third grade bathroom humor always, in all of us always that's and how you stay young jay all right all right the secrets out
2: Anyways, that's a, that was clearly a, a breach or a, um, a, a tear, um, a, an injury. And you could actually see that gray uh, stuff that I was telling you about in the middle was kind of protruding through it. Oof. So some of the seminiferous tubules were coming oh, yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Okay, that's the left testicle.
0: Mm.
2: That was actually... That was the left. That's, that was... He got hit in the right. Yeah. Oh boy! That was so. The left was ninety oh percent intact. The right testicle was virtually non-visualized. Wow. Oh. so when you looked at the right side, oh. all you could see was just gray. Just what we call heterogeneous echogenic material. All you could see was just like, like different. Did he get the morphine before the ultrasound? Yes. Okay. Different shades of gray and white. You could not see any of that white rim. We call that white rim, by the way. It's called the tunica. Tunica means like tunic, like something that covers tunica albuginia. And the tunica albuginia is a very tough structure. Like you would have a hard time if you had that material in your hand to tear it. It's really strong stuff. Mm. It's like burlap sack material. And it was, Jay
0: and I have our legs crossed very tightly.
2: <laughs> so they let they me do,
0: ha- actually.
1: Both of <laughs> you guys
2: do. And I'm the only one who's sitting <laughs> here with my right. legs wide open.
1: Let, let me ask you about the left for a second. That Since there was... That one, you saw this one tear, this one skip. Will that heal itself? Will it reconnect? Or is that forever? Or so do you gonna, have to surgically do something? So I'm going
2: to explain to you the, the approach. The, treatment? But the okay. in, in a second, I'm going to get to that. So the right one is totally non-visualized as a as a so actual it's testicle. Non, it's non-visualized, but... Can you feel it? No, because the scrotum is so swelled up, presumably with blood, right. we call right. it a hematoma, I cannot feel either testicle. So is it when you're on the
0: ultrasound and, and and you have a structure like the scrotum that's filled with blood, does that block the ultrasound, or can the ultrasound go through
2: blood? It can. Okay. They'll see some material. Well, on the right one, it was all mixed together. On the left one, they could see a rim of blood. Of of material around the testicle that was consistent with blood okay
0: now i know why you didn't go to the protest today but (laughs) please continue
2: okay so um so you have to ask yourself first of all what was the deal with the left one like the right one obviously was the one that got struck so why would the left one have this injury
1: I'm assuming it's almost like the kinetic energy of one hit the other.
2: Correct. So we call that a contra coup. JT, he's right wow. there, man. There we call that a contra coup. Well, he did go to Northwestern That's University. <laughs> right. That's true. I, this <laughs> is this is what we would call a contra coup. I, I, I didn't
1: I didn't get into the course about about testicle uh, uh, hematomas, but
2: usually contra coups refer contra coup injuries really refer to the brain. That if you get hit bluntly in the head, the um, area where you got struck is the area that gets injured. Right. But your brain sort of is, is a little bit floating in your, in your skull a little bit. And what will happen is the brain will get pushed in the other side. And sometimes you'll get like a contusion on the other, on the exact opposite pole of your brain. Oh, and yeah. that's what technically is a contra coup injury. That's what they call a contra coup injury. And isn't so it, isn't, is, this isn't this a
1: concussion is, basically when it, your brain is like, hits the, your skull cause it is floating there and then it,
2: I think a concussion is just a a contusion on the brain, but it's not. No, but quite you're to right. But the brain hits. Yeah, yeah but you're you're it's right. not necessarily what I'm talking about, where the opposite side the gets opposite side. damaged. Okay. So this is technically not that. So that's tech. That is truly a contra crew. So I but for lack of a better terminology, that's what I would call this, even though it's not exactly what I just described. But yes, the right testicle got struck and literally almost exploded upon impact. Wow. And then that energy got transmitted to the left testicle and damaged the this left This is testicle. really
1: uncomfortable. Good yeah. night. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I got pictures on my phone if you want oh, to see. Yeah, the I would like to see that. Photo. It's, all, got, it's very
1: bloody. I got pictures of my dog on my phone. <laughs> I don't have that. Very,
0: it's very bloody. You know what's interesting I'll about this conversation? As a doctor, just when you think you've seen everything. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I told this, and so I saw him in the preoperative area, because immediately when I heard what the injury was on the phone, I was actually at my house. I said, okay, he has to go to the operating room right now. We will have to explore both sides to answer your question, JT. You cannot just uh, hope that that left side. First of all, you can't rely on the ultrasound. I have no idea just because of what the ultrasound shows what's really there. I don't know if that right testicle is salvageable. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know if that left one is severely injured. That may just be the tip of the iceberg that we're seeing on the ultrasound. One good sign on the ultrasound is that they saw blood flow in both areas.
0: Oh, that is a good sign.
2: So the fact that they saw blood flow, like pulsating blood flow on the right side means that there is some intact tissue on the right side that's getting perfused with blood and potentially means it's salvageable on the right side. So you
0: went into surgery Wednesday night? Yeah. It was Wednesday night.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was like 8 o'clock, 7.30 I got there. He was in the pre-op area. Very nice gentleman. And, um,
0: is there a billing code for when a rubber bullet hits? Actually, you it's really room?
2: funny. You just brought that up. My biller, who was who working today, sent me all these text messages asking me to help her figure out the, <laughs> billing, the billing codes code. for this. Yeah. Is
1: it funny or not surprising whatsoever that GB asked about the billing code?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ponder that. Um, anyway, so, um, the insurance question's coming very oh, soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He was, uh, as I said, he was talking very rationally, and and he was very comfortable because he had had the morphine. And I basically, you know, he wanted to know, like, what are the chances? First of all, what are the chances that I'm going to lose this testicle? And I said it's less than 50% salvageable. I said it's probably less than 50% that I could salvage that right testicle. The left one, I would say it's better than 80% salvageable. So, um, then he had questions like, what is that? He's 27, I think. So he said like, what is that going to do to my fertility? And, and I said like, it could impair, you know, your chances of having uh, children, but if that left testicle is fully salvageable, which I think it will be, um, you should be fine. Um, there's also the matter of being able to produce testosterone. Mm. And then lastly, there's just the cosmetics of it. You know, it's like a bummer if you just have one testicle. Um, I said, that's why on that right one, I'm going to pretty much do everything possible not to remove it. Like if there's any viable tissue there, I'm going to try to stabilize, you know, put it in a situation where it's not actively bleeding and then put it back. And if it kind of, you know uh, what we call, you know, atrophies or, or um, you know uh, yeah, if if it, if it dies and and goes away, then it does.
0: And something like this, does it make a difference if you're in sort of good physical fitness versus being, overweight or obese or does that not matter?
2: I mean, I, I don't Or is it all
0: relative because you, you have a young young man, you I think you said 27 um that he's
2: young, so the body should heal itself. I don't know if it in this particular situation I'm not sure it's super relevant. I think in other organs and other parts of the body it is extremely relevant. Um but I think um First of all, even an obese person, for the most part, you know, your scrotum is your scrotum. Like you're, yeah. you're, you It is what it is. Yeah, it's not got super it. affected by obesity. Um, and then age and health. I mean, like certain organs take a big hit when you're in poor health and it's you've got like atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries. You've been eating lots of heavy cholesterol food. And that organ, call it maybe your kidney, um, the like, kidney. Like these chips. <laughs> your kidney might be poorly vascularized to begin with because you've got bad vasculature cause you never took care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you had a gunshot wound and it affected, it went into your kidney. It would be much harder to salvage that kidney perhaps because it, it wouldn't be able to, uh, re you know, s- recover from that. So, um, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. Anyway, so I went into the operating room and, um, and we and, and then the question was, you know, sometimes you you have to decide like how you're going to make your incision. Should you make two separate incisions, one on the right side, one on the left side? One concept in trauma that's sort of um, and the nurse had to shave and clean up that whole area, right? She actually, in this case it was a he, and he did. Yeah.
1: he did. You wouldn't can you go on one side and then like a vasectomy, you go in through one side and you go through, right?
2: So you can do a midline incision. And by and you and you and you go along what's called the median raffe. So for those guys that are listening, you can look down at your scrotum tonight. And hold on, while you're hold listening, on, hold on. GB's going to do it himself. And please don't. And uh, <laughs> J- JT was getting really nervous. He was like shifting I, he was in his... Very his, convincing. He was, yeah. <laughs> GB so was drop, very convincing with the, with the motions, but <laughs> yeah. uh, he actually didn't pull it off. He's very pleased with um, But yeah, you've got in the very center of your scrotum going from sort of the base of your penis all the way down. And this is sort of embryologically... It's a line. It's it's a line. Yeah. It's called the median raffae. GB has studied it, he knows it. It's like the continental divide. There you go. <laughs> you know what that line is embryologically? That's where the labial folds fuse together. The labial fo- Wow. So if you think I mean, about if, I don't you understand think, that. if you think if you think very if you think in your mind labia and imagine the labia fused in the midline,
0: mm. oh, that's what
2: your scrotum it- is. Your scrotum is basically labia. Wow. Yeah.
1: Outer genitalia. Yeah.
2: JT's really I'm pondering this. I am. Yeah. So um, in any event, um, you can make a midline incision there. And then what you can do is after you've gotten through the skin and there's a little muscle layer in the, and te- you, in you the scrotum. And you would
0: minimize the scarring by doing
2: that. You do minimize the scarring, but it's also the purpose of it really is speed. When you're doing trauma, you want to kind of get mm. to the organs in question quickly and efficiently. And to make two separate incisions would really, would really, um, oh, JT, by the way, just sneezed into his elbow. I was very impressed. And turned my microphone off like, and all at the same time. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh. And Brody, the dog, is getting Brody is the microphone is, uh, yeah, that's and cables and causing well, all kinds okay. of trouble, Brodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brody's, Brody's part it. of the show. Brody. All right. So, Brody's the dog. Just sit and relax. Yeah, lie down. So, um, yeah, I was able to do that. And, and you in this case, you would want to go for the more serious trauma first. So I, after I made that incision, I then directed my cut into the right half of the scrotum and entered that space. And the first thing you have to do is suction out all the blood, which is not loose blood. It's not like liquid. It's all it's clots. The, it's like thick. Really? It's all thick and clotty. So it's very hard to take that out. And you have to kind of do it carefully because if you're too aggressive, you can damage what you're trying to say. So, save. is it like uh, like a Jello? Yeah. So you suction all that out, you clean it all out, and and then you try to basically get a handle on the anatomy. Like, what are you looking at here? And in this case, the testicle was was totally um, there was there was um, on the lower half. It was just completely cracked open like an oh. egg and then um, on the upper half, there was like four different splits in that tunica albuginia, and then all of it was very hard to identify because it's not like those seminiferous tubules inside are um, just, um, what happened is is that that they expanded, they expanded, so they're all pushed out through those openings, does that make sense? Um, Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, except that when this tunica albuginia, remember I told you it's really strong stuff, and there's kind of like a pressure. Yeah. So think about, I hate to say this, but think about when you get hit in the testicle, the reason why it hurts is because it's expanding. Yeah, yeah. And the tunica albuginea maintains its integrity, but the reason why it's so painful is because of that. But if it actually broke, then this stuff would really expand out. Oh, boy. So what makes it very difficult is to put it back in, mm-hmm. because it's all kind of, um, it's, it's edematous and full of, and you, you've dealt yeah. with the, the, these types of procedures before. I've never dealt with this before. Not one that's exploded, but, no. but, but you've no. dealt with, I've dealt with like minor injuries, like the left one. So later yeah. on I opened up the left one and the left one was basically what it was as build. It was like a small tear in the lower pole of it. And I just had to put a few stitches and close it back up. Got it. But the right one took me about two hours. Did you fix it? I did. It's like, when wow, you... it's like good you... work, doc. I don't know if it's going to, you know, if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to survive, you know what I mean? Like he'll come to my office in two weeks. We'll do an ultrasound. We'll see if there's, you know, a testicle there, if there's good blood flow. But by the time I was done, it, you know, there it, was good looked, blood it looked flow. like, a, it looked like an, like an egg with like a whole bunch of suture lines all over it. Right. Uh, right. right. <laughs> Wow, yeah. is it was it hard to suture up on that type of material? The material? No, you mean like was it too tough? Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not like physically tough to throw the needle through there because the needle on the suture, the suture it, needle is very fine and sharp and strong. And
0: are you doing this all by hand, or do you have a machine? All by hand. So it's not it's not that robotic stuff. No,
2: no, no. It's all okay. by hand. You got a you got a needle holder. It's like a like a clamp that's holding the curved needle and you're just kind of slowly but surely and and the way I did it was I started on one end you know and it's kind of like what you would do if you were just fixing anything. you kind of work where you where you can get things done and then when you feel like you can't get things done anymore because it's gonna rip or tear or there's gonna be a problem, you stop you leave that needle there and then you move somewhere else and you start another suture line and you start bringing that together. And then once it starts getting too tight or too difficult, you stop and you move somewhere else and you just keep working at it until Mm. you get all these suture lines to start coalescing. And you're reconnecting them. I mean, what's so like that bivalve that, 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 like I said, it was like broken in half at the bottom. I started at one end and started bringing it together and, and carefully trying to push the seminiferous tubule, uh, tissue back in and just gradually trying to pull it all together hmm. and then it got too difficult because the seminiferous the tubules were pushing out so then I went to the other side and brought it out and then yeah and then like then I couldn't go anymore so then I just left that Was but, the nurse patting your head down? No. <laughs> no. It's not that bad. It's not like a 15-hour operation. So this wasn't cuz
0: you know I, I what immediately comes to mind is the stress that I feel at work and I'm like <laughs>
2: I'm like, well, well this, I mean, this, this puts not, everything into no, context. No, that's not true, though, because at the end of the day, I mean, like, I, I felt for this guy. I wanted to help him. I also knew that as far as the stress and the sense of responsibility, I mean, it's, it's kind of a mixture because I kind of feel like, you know, if I can't save this testicle, I can't save the testicle. Like, I'm going to do my best You're here. You're going to do everything you can do. The right. guy, this testicle, I mean, if you look at the ultrasound, like, no one would, like, turn to me and say, oh, you really screwed At, this guy over up, because he yeah. couldn't save his testicle like it was pretty massively injured so i just felt like you know whatever i can do for him i'm going to try to do for do it you so know? so if the testicle doesn't survive do you, does the it left get, one is going to be fine but but the right one if it doesn't survive it'll atrophy the tissue will just basically okay. shrink and shrink so you shrink don't need to take all it that out will be left is like a little olive pit
0: right and then you can put in an implant if yes. need be. got yes.
2: it okay yes
0: Wow. But
2: you feel pretty good.
0: I feel pretty good about it. And has he, have you
2: spoke to him I since? Haven't, I haven't. Well, the next morning I kept them, uh, I put a drain in. Yeah. So that's because sometimes they can, even after you're done and you close everything up, they can ooze and if bleeding internally, and then it could build up and you could have another hematoma. So to prevent that from happening, you put a little drain in, which is like a little, think of a glove, but you cut off the tip uh, finger of your glove. You cut off the tip and then you cut off the base. Now you have this little um, latex tube and you put that in the scrotum and you bring it out through a separate little stab incision at the bottom of the scrotum and you stitch it to the skin and that's a drain and it just drains into the gauze. And when I saw him the next morning, there was very little hmm. drainage, so I took it out. And then I sent him home and he felt fine. He actually said, I, I, are you having any pain? None at all. He and had he, no pain at all And the he next said morning. that he thinks this was an accident. He thinks, that, he thinks that they shot him by it. He, didn't, he wasn't sure, but he, he knows, he said, at the moment that it happened, they were trying to divide up the protest. Like, it was a big mass of people, and they were trying to split up the group, I guess, because yeah. there was too many people, and they were trying to separate them, and the, they were talking on loudspeakers, and then all of a sudden, he heard this pop.
1: I mean, look, regardless, you shouldn't have to worry about this when marching down Hollywood Boulevard, but this is certainly an ad for wearing a cup. Had <laughs> um, a protest? Uh, well, maybe yeah. when you're going out to dinner, anywhere. But, um, <laughs> the, the, there you go. But it, joking aside, I mean, we have friends that are in adult, you know, like hockey leagues, and people are out there doing, you know, activities. And um, I think as you get older, you might get a little more lax about these things. And if you're in a situation where you're playing softball or you're, uh, you're you know, I've even heard about these, like, parent, um, you ever, like, Little League, where the parent, the last day of the the season the parents will play the kids and Mm. and and, i mean things and they're probably not wearing athletic supporters things can go really wrong you've got a parent at bat and they they're showing off and they hit a ball and anyway you know i'll definitely think twice about uh about my activities next time without taking some precautions
0: so this is this is an interesting story so when you have cases like this
2: that are unique do you do you share them with your colleagues? I do. I do. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I was contemplating about the approach. Um, and so while I was driving in, and, and and truth be told, I mean, I think I've had a couple of testicular traumas in the last 20 years. It just didn't come up very often. What can I tell you? I'm not, I don't really work out of a level. There are different level trauma centers, certain uh, hospitals where they hmm. really bring in like big time, you know, knife and gun traumas. And I don't work in those kinds of hospitals. So I don't come across this very often. And even in my training, you know, this was a a downside of my training, if you will, was that I trained in a, a very, you know, said at, at Upper East Side Manhattan hospitals. We didn't get a ton of hardcore traumas that you would get. Like if you were in, you know, a, like USC County is, is, is very famous for, really good trauma training because frankly with all the gang violence and stuff they see a lot of trauma there um when i was in my residency we did go out to jamaica queens and did some rotations out there so i did do some trauma um anyway so on my way in i just decided to give my former partner who's now retired um uh, a call um dr gelbard who would be fun to have on the show one of these days And I said, um, you know, how are you? And I'm going in for this situation and just wanted to hear what your thoughts are. Do you think I should make I was thinking of making this midline incision. He totally agreed. And the advice he gave me, which was really good advice, he said, you know, my only advice is it's probably going to look horrible and your initial inclination will probably just be, just tie everything off and take the testicle out. And he said, my advice to you would be to, just try everything you can to salvage what you can because even if you get even if you can salvage half the testicle, it's worth it. And I thought that was great advice and that's what I did.
0: Hmm.
1: Smart for you to wow. make the call ahead.
2: Yeah, it was good. It was helpful.
1: All right guys. Well, thanks for the story. Yeah, I appreciate I, it, and, uh, and congrats and on that one. That's a that's a good save. Yeah, really.
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll let you know what the ultrasound shows in a couple of weeks. There may not be any blood flow to the testicle, or I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. We'll, we'll find we'll out.
0: We'll find out. All right, guys. Heart do. Is that how go. do you say that word? Yeah. Do? Yeah. Do. All right. Thanks, guys.
2: All right. Thanks, GB. Thank you.
1: So that's our show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Two Men and a Doc is hosted by Dr. Michael Hyman, GB, and Jay Tannenbaum, produced by Jay Tannenbaum. The views and opinions expressed here by Dr. Hyman are based on his medical training and experience, but if you or someone you know are experiencing any medical issues, you should, of course, consult your own physician. We welcome your questions about men's health or anything you've heard on this podcast. So write to us at mail at twomenandadoc.com. That's M-A-I-L at twomenandadoc.com. If you live in the Los Angeles area and want to see Dr. Hyman, you can find his contact info at drhymanla.com. That's D-R-H-Y-M-A-N-L-A.com. And these links are also in the show notes. That's it for this week. See you next time on Two Men and a Doc.